Welcome to episode nine of the Computer Business Marketing Show. This episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. And it's brought to you by the DC Unconvention 2017, the second annual conference for IT business owners. Learn from fellow techs and business owners, get business strategies that work in the real world, and discover new tech. Learn more at unconvention.io. Today, we talk all about social media automation with Christina Hawkins of Global Specs Internet Marketing. Why would you even want to automate your social media? What are some of the tools you can use to do so? And how do you decide what's worth sharing? Plus, we discuss the dark side of Yelp and why it pays to do your research. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you work in IT services, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page and click the following tab and then select See First so that you'll always see this live feed jump to the top of your screen. Today, we're excited to have as our featured guest, Christina Hawkins. She's here to talk about social media automation and how to uh, make sure that you're automating your social media so that's not taking up all your time <laughs> every day and you're still able to market. So welcome, Christina. Hello. Glad to have you. Uh, before we get into that interview, though, let's go ahead and just uh, talk about what's going on in our world. Uh, first of all, we have our co-host, Paco LeBron of Prodigy Techs. How are you doing, Paco? Ahoy, ahoy, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to switch it up. I want to actually right. start with Matt first today. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah, so let's Flip. go see what's, what's on Matt's mind this, uh, this, coming, this week. <laughs> Flipping the script, as the kiddies say. All yep, right. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, um, not a lot, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, what is what I've really been concentrating on? It got a couple big projects going on: um, website builds and uh, some uh, redesigns and stuff like that. So, so that's taken care of. Um, uh, keep keeping tech site builder running as usual. But the the big thing that's that I'm really learning the stuff that I'm learning is around the the Facebook ads uh, for the unconvention. Um, so we're continuing to hone in and try different um, different images. Uh, so we're really testing the images for the unconvention to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, we started off using just plain photos uh, and t- to see which one worked best. And we tried, um, you know, photos of uh, past attendees at past unconventions, big group photos, photos of smaller groups, and then photos of DC, like the city DC, um, and also like. Uh, photos of, uh, of the graphic, the unconvention graphic. And so of those, the ones that did best were the ones of the big group shot. So I think people were attracted to seeing a big group of people saying, oh, you know, that looks like a convention. <laughs> it looks like a popular one because there's a lot of people sitting there. Uh, so um, so they're more, they were more inclined to click that one. So we kind of took that and then uh, massaged the images even further by adding text and buttons to the images themselves to, to entice people to click on them more. So um, we're, you know, 
experimenting with that. Also experimenting with more colors in the images. This is something that Bryce Whitty over at Technible um, suggested because uh, when he does Facebook ads, he tends to get better click-through on ads that are very colorful. They kind of catch your eye in the Facebook feed um, and that don't look like just, you know, someone's baby picture or someone's, you know, picture on their vacation because people are used to seeing those and they just scroll past them really quick. Whereas, uh, you, you know, with more colorful photos, people aren't, aren't as used to seeing very colorful, very contrasting, uh, bright colors in their Facebook feed. So that's what we're experimenting with. We've been running it for about a half a week now. And it's performing, uh, surprisingly, it's performing about on par with just the regular photos. So this is a good um, experiment to see, you know, certain industries and certain types of ads, um, those kind of bright uh, images might not work as well as for other things. So we're, we're seeing that the, the bright images and the buttons and everything is performing about at the same rate as, um, as the, last, uh, the last run we did. But also it, take, it usually takes what I'm finding, I'm, I'm doing these on week spurts. So I'm running it for a week, changing it, running it for a week. And I found it normally takes till almost the end of the week to really start to get accurate numbers uh, because, you know, especially like how each ad is performing, they'll like be like this, like one ad will perform better and then another ad will start to perform better. But after, you know, towards the end of the week, you, you see things kind of level out and there's one that, that stays consistently better than the rest. So we still got about a half a week uh, left to, to see how that pans out. Uh, but it's just been kind of an interesting experiment and, and, uh, and I'm getting to know the Facebook uh, business manager a lot better now, um, <laughs> learning how to, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've had some, some fun with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. When they first started out a couple of years ago, I started using it. There was no manager. You, I had to create my own, a separate Facebook personal account, mm. manage client ads. Yeah. And there was no manager. You just... <laughs> You just had to make sure you uh, uh, budgeted properly and uh, attributed what client did what. And then you had to make sure that your audience names were properly named because you might pull the wrong audience for the wrong you know, client. So right. I'd be very careful. Now the manager is a little bit, it's, I don't know about you. It's still confusing to me. I it is very confusing. There. Like who is their, who's their use, use case manager on the other end over <laughs> there? Who is that guy? I want to talk to that guy. Yeah, I don't, it, <laughs> it feels like it's not optimized for managing other people very well. No, like, I still don't quite understand that the yeah. average user, you know, like computer business owners yep. typically may not be the ones in there, you know, right. the personal one person. It's usually the shop that's managing it. So, right. Yeah, so it's you know it's it's definitely a learning experience, and they keep changing it. So every time you feel like you have you know <laughs> you have a good handle on it, it's totally different. But it is very powerful, and there's lots of things you can do, and, and lots of ways you can dig in, and you get some mm -hmm. pretty good uh, analytics as well that you can dig into. Just so. I love that super super targeted, like I mean, wicked targeted. Yes, group of people, and it's so it's really I don't know. I'm sure you guys are the same way as I am. The analysis of it, and the numbers that you can get out of it, is so nice. Well, here, so here's something cool that I'm finding is um, on the Google Analytics side when I'm tracking the this the behavior of these people who are visiting. The mm -hmm. people who are visiting via the Facebook ads have way better engagement than people who are visiting any other way. So the people I think that who makes sense. Yeah, because it, it that means the targeting is working. That means mm -hmm. the people who are clicking on the ad are actually interested. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the hardest thing that AdWords has to fix is that super targeted uh, work. I mean, you can do it, but it's not 
like all the data that you get. I think they're moving toward it. We're going a whole other topic. Sorry about that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. podcast for that. <laughs> right. We'll bring you on to talk about the because yeah. yeah, it is a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so that's kind of kind of where I am. Just learning the ropes with that. Um, we're getting some good results. Getting it. It seems like the people who are visiting through the ads are are very targeted. They're spending you know minutes on the site instead of seconds, like some other. Um, groups of people um, like referrals and search engine visitors are spending, you know, 30 seconds on average on the site. Whereas people who come through the Facebook ads, it's like three to five minutes they're spending wow. on the site. That means they're reading, they're watching some of the testimonial videos. Um, they're, you know, deciding if they want to purchase or saving it for later or something like that. So nice. Good. Uh, so that's what's going on in my world. Paco, what have you been up to recently? Not much. Just uh, basically working on the website. So uh, there's this cool thing on TechSite Builder called Page Builder. Um, not sure if anyone's heard, but essentially I'm redoing a bunch of the pages that I'm uh, on my site, um, redoing a lot of the services and the way that my homepage is set up. Um, it advertises the services up front. I'm actually going to be moving toward, or I'm sorry, individual services like virus removal, computer crash repair, Mac repair. And I'm going to switch that over to the type of repair. So in-home, business, uh, remote, etc. So I'm going to see how the engagement, because I'm always back and forth on which one's going to turn or engage better, whether someone goes to the website for a particular service or if someone's looking to either drop it off or go to the hop, to have someone visit their home, which one makes more sense, right? So I'm toying with both of them. I always go back and forth depending, you know, see how the uh, engagement is from there. Um, and then basically uh, expanding my on-site visits. So um, updated some of my Google AdWords, um, changed out some of, so as far as like uh, the splash page or uh, splash page, the squeeze page um, that we uh, set up, I'm using a template of that to create more for on-sites and try and grab traffic to kind of go from there. Um one piece on as I'm expanding or fixing my website, I noticed in listening to some podcasts and actually uh, reading up on some stuff where Google is starting to frown upon pop-ups for uh, email signups. So I'm looking into a service called Push Crew, I think is what it was. And essentially, it sets up like a notification on your website. So essentially, it'll be like a little bell with a little you know one and it'll, you know, Ding! If the sound is on, and if something, it'll cause the user to click it to see what's in there, and it'll basically do the pop up and say, "Hey, do you want to sign up?" or whatever verbiage you have, and kind of like trying, a chat, like yeah. a chat that you see a little ding. You know, yep. you look to the right, exactly. there's a little dude going, "Hey, talk to yep. me." Exactly. But this, instead of being a chat bot, it'll literally just be a form that pops up and says, hey, do you want to uh, sign up for our email list or whatever you might put on there? And that's all it does is just to grab lead captures from that uh, point. That's so, cool. Yeah, so that's trying that um, see if that grows, you know, engagement in any way outside of having that big pop up from that I use Sumo Me um, for email subscribers to see if that works in any uh, better shape. So that's kind of what's going on on my end. Um, and then I know that uh, Matt, you got some stuff going on for the next couple of weeks as well. I don't know if you're gonna talk about that now or later on in the episode. So we'll, uh, yeah, go yeah, from there. Uh, that that's right. So I'm gonna be going off for my two weeks of National Guard duty. Um, uh, so I will not be doing the, uh, the podcast for the next two weeks. It'll just be Paco. Uh, and he'll bring on some special guests, I assume. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. It's a surprise. So tune in. I plan to bring some fun guests. We'll see right. if I can, uh, I can get some, uh, wrangle them up. <laughs> yep. So we'll yeah. see how, uh, who's available and we'll, we'll get somebody on. We'll get two people, uh, 
for those two weeks. Cool. Yeah. And, and I think I mentioned this last show or a couple of shows ago where, you know, I've been planning for this every year this happens. So, um, you know, I, I let my clients know the deal that I'm going to be out for a while. Um, and, uh, and I'm still in community, you know, I can still be in communication. I just can't really get any major stuff done. Um, but that's why it helps to have, you know, my VA to take care of the, the tasks that she's able to. Otherwise, you know, we just have to say, you got to, if it's not an emergency, you got to wait a couple of weeks before I can get to it. Everybody seems to be okay with that. You know, most of, like I said, most of my clients I've had for a few years now, so they're, they know the drill. Um, and the ones that, uh, that don't, they know now. <laughs> and uh, they all seem to be happy, you know, cool with it. As long as, you know, you give them ample notice, um, it, that seems to be what you need to do. So, uh, yeah, so keep, keep staying tuned to the podcast. We're going to keep it going. I want to try to keep this going every week, come rain or shine. Uh, and uh, like, the, what's the post office? Like, hail, sleet. Snow. Rain, snow, something. Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, earthquakes, whatever it is, we will. Um, <laughs> I'll be like Dorothy, just spinning around yeah. in the in the tornado. But you'll have your headphones and your microphone ready to go. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, all right, so um, we're going to jump into the feature topic soon. But before we do that, I wanted to uh, talk about some some stuff that's been going on in the Facebook marketing group. Uh, so guys, just a reminder, if you uh, haven't joined us in the Facebook marketing group, there's a lot of awesome conversations going on over there. It's called Computer Business Marketing. Uh, and one of the topics that we had going on here recently was about uh, Yelp. And uh, that's kind of a, a hot button issue, it's, it seems like, with a lot of uh, computer technicians out there and computer business owners. Um, someone asks, you know, they, they were approached by Yelp, they got a phone call, they were almost convinced to take the plunge and pay for a Yelp service. And, uh, and then so, but first he decided to ask the wisdom of the crowd in the Facebook group, see if that was a good idea. And uh, we got a resounding no <laughs> for most people um, saying that they didn't think it was a good idea. And I know Paco, you have some thoughts, some experience with that actually. Yes. So um, similar to the post I put in that uh, post as well, because again, it is a, a very hot button for me. Um, uh, what I explained to who posted it was your mileage is going to vary. Um, I have a couple of computer shops locally, one specifically, I know the owner that swears by Yelp ads. Um, and that's really what drives a lot of traffic to his store. Um, and he thinks that it's, you know, it's the bee's knees. I don't know what package he's on, um, but it's really working out for him. Now, when I was on it, um, the problem I had was at the time I had four locations and I advertised on one of the locations, but for whatever reason, even though that was the one that helped had the Yelp ads, my downtown location, which was probably about a good eight miles between the two, received the bigger traction. And whether it's leads, conversions, et cetera, they weren't great, but that's where we were seeing them from. So we did see the, the, the lead um, traffic go up. The problem was is that it was going to the wrong location. And that location is basically the one that makes the most money for us. So that's why it was just interesting to see how that was happening, even though it was advertised to one location, which for those who are in Chicago, I was, I had my Lincoln park location and then I had my West loop location. So being that distance together, the only thing I can think of was the fact that they saw the name, they clicked on the website, saw that there was a downtown location and it was closer for them because they went to work downtown. And it was advertised to those that were in Lincoln Park and possibly that's where they lived. So that's the only thing I could think of as far as that. Um, but the th really big thing that I didn't like as far as me personally was the way that they distributed their analytics. 
when you will go under analytics, you can tell how many people have clicked on your leads on your, on your page. Um, what was the traffic? How much dollar amount you think you should get? But the moment you pay for the Yelp ads, there's no way to determine organic versus paid reach. It basically just highlights all as paid reach. So it'll say, you know, you were having 345 visitors in the month of May, you enrolled with Yelp ads in June, and it'll say you received 400. You don't know, and it's, it's and it basically highlights it as all paid. So you don't know if all of those are paid or if it's just continuing the trend of your organic traffic. So I just basically saw similar to what my organic traffic happened for a couple months and decided that this wasn't just going to work for us. Um, there was no way to determine it. I called our, our, our account manager at the time, um, you know, explained how these are going to be beneficial to us and all these unlocked features. And you can't even sort your images on your Yelp ad, your Yelp listing, unless you have paid for Yelp ads. Um, they just basically shuffle and do whatever. So my personal experience, it wasn't great for us. Um, I think for the amount of money that we were spending, which was like 200 bucks a month could be better used on other advertising platforms, Mm -hmm. um, and get more bang for your buck versus Yelp ads. So not saying that it doesn't work, but I think money can go elsewhere. Um, and for those that had heard me on one of the Podnuts episode, I did call Yelp a, a particular team of a name. That uh, they're just uh, yeah. I just feel that that's uh, they're uh, they're great. They're an interesting organization. We'll we'll put it with that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's it's right for certain types of businesses. Um, someone mentioned restaurants uh, and that kind of thing, and I think those those types of businesses fare better with with something like that, where they they need to kind of uh, get get the word out there as much as possible, and people are searching for it a lot more. Um, and you know, people are always searching for where they're going to eat and, and looking for reviews and stuff. And I think that's where Yelp shines. Um, whereas services businesses, um, or even storefront computer repair shops, not as much. Um, and that seems to be what people were saying in the group as well. Yeah. Um, and specifically, this is for advertisements. I mean, Yelp right. as a as a as a as a whole right. is a great product. I mean, if you don't have a Yelp listing, you need to create one because majority of my fifty percent of my traffic comes from Yelp and the other right. 50 comes from Google search, whether it's AdWords or regular organic Google search. So Yelp, the free listing, claim it, update it, do what you have to do. If you haven't touched it in a while, update it. And I don't, and I, the only way I can say that I don't have specific proof of this, but I know from experience over the last four years, every time that I've let it go for a couple months and I change up a couple images, I update some of the description Somehow, some way, in that same week, I always get two to three more clients that say that Yelp referred them over, so hmm. that they yeah. got that they found us from Yelp. So it's definitely a great service because even for myself, when I'm searching for something, I go to Yelp to look at their reviews. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just for as far as advertisements, which I'm speaking about now, that's a whole different avenue. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Cool. So uh, that's the kind of stuff you can get from the uh, the computer business marketing Facebook group. So head on over there, join us, and join the conversation. Uh, before Again, before we jump into the feature topic, we have a quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is TechSite Builder. Uh, you've heard us mention it a couple times already. It is the place to go to build your website for your computer business. Uh, it's a cool kind of uh, best of both worlds scenario where we take care of the hosting, we take care of kind of the base package for you, and then you could jump in there and you can build whatever kind of website you want for your computer business. So you can add your own pictures, you can add your content. 
you can uh, you know change the look of it with with colors and and build out the pages how you want. So it's it's we give you the power to build the website how you want to build it, but we take care of all the stuff that you don't want to mess with, like the security, the speed, the hosting, um, all of that stuff is taken care of. We also offer uh, lots of good. Um, tutorial videos. So if you, you know, you're in there and you're overwhelmed or you're not sure where to start, we kind of walk you through getting your website started and set up from the beginning. Uh, and we let you know, I mean, really, and it's true, it, between an hour, an hour to two hours between when you sign up for TechSite Builder and when you can expect to have a working, um, you know, uh, professional, good-looking page that's catered to your business. So it's really quick. Uh, and then from there, you can choose to use some of our concierge services that add on additional services like SEO, content writing, um, and uh, some some of that kind of thing. So you can kind of take your your uh, your website to the next level. If you don't have time to write blog posts, we can do that for you as well. So it's it's just it's a nice web platform specifically for computer business owners. We know the industry. We know what you need to make a successful website, and we give that all to you at TechSite Builder. So head on over to techsitebuilder.com and uh, check it out. All right, so we have our guest here that's been uh, hanging out and, and contributing some, some good thoughts during the, uh, the podcast so far, and that is uh, Christina Hawkins, and she owns uh, Global Specs. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, internet. <laughs> internet. Mark intertubes, right? Is that is, those are the tubes that, that go between buildings, right? <laughs> Global Specs Internet Marketing, invented by Gore. Uh, yes, uh, welcome on the show. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you. Yeah, hi to both of you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Hi. Thanks for being here. So, um, I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit about uh, social media automation because so I know that's something that you spent a lot of time um, figuring out, not only for you but for your clients, mm -hmm. and uh, and you've seen kind of what works and what doesn't work. Uh, before we dig into that, though, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, a taste of what your background is like, where you came from, and how you ended up where you are today? Wow. Well, I started uh, basic IT. I worked for the defense department for about 10 years, and I worked in the defense logistics agency, DLA, mm. and I was a management analyst, whatever you want to call me, and uh, I ended up marrying a Marine, and so from there, I had to figure out a way, how am I going to move every two years without mm. looking for a job? Mm. How's that going to work? And so IT was very natural movement, and, but my very first IT, real IT job, um, small agency. In the within the first hour, they asked me to build a website because back then, when you were IT, you built websites. That's just how it worked. Mm -hmm. And we're just now starting to kind of separate that a little bit. Um, and that's kind of where I started. That was about uh, 18 years ago. Uh, and I started Global Specs. Then Notepad, you know, nice. page builders from there on out all the way now nice. to WordPress. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think all of us yeah, you know, now it's, like I said, it's separated enough now where the IT side, it's like, I, I got to focus. I can't do all of it. So I got to pick, pick an area. Yep. And I just kind of chose the other side only because kids, family, it's tough to be in the IT field when you have to head out to people's homes, you know, late hours, networking, wiring, all that good stuff. And it's not quite conducive to that. So 
Here yeah. I am. And we're, we're big fans of focusing here, right? That's what we yes. talk about a lot. And, and we talk about that in, in the group we're in as well, where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really, you can't be everything to everybody. And right. you, everybody works best with a certain type of person in a certain industry with a certain type of service mm-hmm. and just concentrate on working with those just, folks. Yeah. If you can just niche. And I think it's just over time you realize, okay, I don't do that. I don't do that as well as someone else does, mm. yep. you know, and it comes down to just providing the right kind of service. Because, you know, the worst thing you want to do is not do well and just feel like you cheated somebody because you just, you know, threw it together, hopefully. And uh, so in this way, yeah, you focus, you get really, really, really good at this one thing. You do really, really well, and it just helps in the long run, so... Cool. So, um, so talking about social media automation, first of all, let, let's just talk about kind of the, the overall uh, philosophy of why we want to automate social media. I mean, it's easy just to log into Twitter and, and knock off a couple posts and reply to a couple folks and log into Facebook and maybe it takes five minutes. What, what are some of the benefits we can get from thinking in an automated fashion about this stuff? Right. So one of the things that I've always had trouble with, you know, people typically go to Hootsuite, right? Mm -hmm. That's typically where you would post from one place and it all go everywhere. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is, is that every single platform has their own thing, right? Um, Their own image size, uh, character uh, numbers, uh, some things... I mean, we were talking earlier about Facebook, certain, certain images post better on certain platforms. And I found with Hootsuite, is really hard. It was like you do one and then it just blasted everywhere. And depending on, you know, Facebook, it didn't look right. And I, so I really, I started going manual. I'm like, all right, this is making no sense. Mm. Um, but in the past year, two years, it's just been a level of automation. How, how can I get this so that um, I, hit, I hit them all? In the proper format, with the right image and the right text, with the right call to action in the right format place, but also uh, do it in a manner that does it repeated, right? So Hootsuite, you can kind of schedule, but the way I do it now, I use Zapier. Mm. If you're not familiar with Zapier, it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Um, It's a bridge, right? So you've got cloud-based systems and IP. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And can you guys feel me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still. I'm telling you, the storm is on its way. You're still there. And it, it's um, it's a nice bridge, so that any cloud base with an API it'll connect the two, and it's really a great, fantastic tool. And with WordPress, now you can get plugins for WordPress that'll automatically send out, but they are a pain to set up, and mm. they don't always work as well. You never know. And same with the Hootsuite, you never know the format. Uh, with Zapier, I was able to connect my WordPress whenever I published, right? So whenever it was actually physically published, I had a whole Zapier step when it goes out to Facebook, and then an hour later, it'll get tweet, and then one on Pinterest, and then one on LinkedIn, and then a delay. So there's all these different delays. Two days later, a tweet goes out again. Two days yeah. after that, another tweet goes out again. And it's all in that same long automated system. And one, it saves me time. I don't, I, I click publish on my blog and it goes out. I don't have to think about it to the next blog. The other is I don't have to hire somebody to hopefully, you know, give them all step by step, use this picture, use this format, you know, and you can do that, but this is just one less thing. And right. the other is less mistakes. I don't forget. 
I don't use the wrong words. I don't use the wrong photo. So it just, it just works. And it has been really, really great tool. Uh, and I use all this automation for social media as well as other tools. So, so this is, yeah, um, kind of so, yes. Yeah, so and so we're, we're talking about, um, you know, a blog post that you write and then that automatically gets shared. Um, so, so let's kind of unpack that a little bit. Uh, why do you, um, for example, share it more than once on Twitter? Why not just send it out on Twitter and then, hey, it's out on Twitter, you know? Well, yeah. What's the thought Well, there? I think as you all, you know, on Twitter, feeds go by really fast, right? So if you're not at that moment of time that your tweet is seen, it's gone because all I have to hit is that see the rest of the streams, right? And everything flows through and gone. now it's today or this within the past three minutes. And if you're like me, you, you know, you follow a thousand people, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, they're gone. And so with Twitter, that's one of those things where you kind of have to repeat the same blog post. Don't spam it. Don't do it every two minutes, but definitely in a, in a process where more eyeballs see it more often. So that's definitely Twitter. And a little bit on the Facebook side is to, as well. You don't, you know, maybe two mm. or three times maximum. Um, how, how, how do you space those out? Like what, what well, time do Twitter, you Twitter, I do one in the morning and yeah, in the morning and then the afternoon. I wait a couple, maybe a day or two, but you know what? It's really audience. It's my audience. Gotcha. Yeah. So th- there's a little um, bit of a so delay in, in the, in the stream. So I'll ask a question and there'll be a delay and then you'll answer, but we, we still got you. So, so yeah. luckily Excellent. you're still in there. So it's, it depends on the audience. It depends on, you know, if, if they're nine to fivers, if they work 24, you know, who are these people? And you kind of want to watch your stats. You don't want to be very, Boom, boom. You know, you kind of want to go back to the numbers and look if it's effective or not, tweak it and change it. You can go to the Zapier and change that delay time. Um, but I think it's just an always uh, an A-B test as we're always used to is just test it once. Didn't, what's up? Test it again. Try it again. So, and for my audience, that's what works. Gotcha. Uh, Paco, did you have a question? No, I was going to say that I did have something similar, um, uh, but I don't use Zapier. I use a service called Deliverit, uh, DLR.IT. And what it does is similar, like how you mentioned, where once it, it, it basically detects your site's RSS, uh, blog RSS feed every single time. So mm-hmm. whenever you blog, uh, publish a new blog, it will then shoot out to how you prefer to go out to the social media sites. So whether it be all at once or you want it staggered or however you want it from there, um, this way you just hit publish and then it's actually already timed out in to detect it and it'll do its thing. Um, so that's actually pretty cool that Zapier allows that as well in more intricate detail to do yeah, certain so things as well. The beauty about this is, is that, so I pull in the Facebook module in Zapier, Zapier, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I can determine for that step, the title for the Facebook and the description, right? Boom. Now I've got the Twitter module kicks in and I determine 180 characters. Then I've got the Pinterest pops in. I determine exactly. So I have way more control. I don't know the system that that gives you that kind of control about how you want it, the words that you want and the exact image that you want. So I can have multiple images 
show up. Uh, you know, Facebook's got a certain width and height. Twitter right. is more square. Uh, so I, I try and create these images for all these different platforms. It's kind of a pain, but if you got a system going, it works. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you, that's a lot more detailed. They're orient, like you have a lot more control doing it via Zapier than mm -hmm. like with delivery because delivery is one of those where it detects it, it'll push it, it'll detect the blog and then it'll just push it out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, obviously, with all systems, there's going to be issues. Sometimes the image doesn't come over or maybe the wrong image that you didn't want. To, it's the wrong image, not the cover image of that blog. So, mm -hmm. so forth and so on. And then especially now with how they, like you mentioned, they're always changing things. Mm -hmm. You always got to be in really on par with it because if you don't notice that change and you haven't fixed the automation, it's going to be a whole downward mm -hmm. effect. Mm -hmm. And you're right. You still have to go test it. So I got to look at it just like we do with our websites. Don't just build it and let it go. You got to really kind of make sure it's work. I just experienced that last week. I'm like, Why aren't I getting any estimate requests? Oh, my form's not working. Yeah. So what happens to all of us? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a but, side note, which yeah. is a pretty funny one. So, um, how I have it, so I rent a, a virtual office where the reception, basically, they answer my phone. So I have my own phone system, transfers over to their phone system, they'll answer, and then they'll transfer it over to their voicemail box. Now, the way that they have it set up is whenever a voicemail hits the system, it'll send me an email with an MP3 of the voicemail. So that's how I normally check it. Well, <laughs> so yesterday I get an email from uh, one, my business coordinator from our business counselor from the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce says, your voicemail is full. And the last maybe couple of weeks, I was telling myself, man, it's really been slow lately. I haven't gotten any calls. I haven't, oh, like, no. nothing's, nothing's really happened. So when he saw that, I said, oh, no. So I go back to the voicemail. I have 100 voicemails in my wow. extension that I had to clear out. Once I cleared them out, now I started getting. Yep. Well, I so what I do, I've got a, a Google Voice number, okay. and that is my company number. And so with customers, I tell them, you know, websites live, we have a support, you know, either call or typically we give an email address, but you, every once in a while you get somebody that calls. Now the problem is, is that they don't leave a message and I have to explain to them, please leave a message. Why? It gets transcribed. The transcription is automatically sent to my support ticket and I, well, it will create a support ticket for you without you emailing me. So please don't, you have to leave a message. I know we're kind of feel like yep. we've stepped away from leaving voicemail anymore, but nowadays, even on my phone, you know, the iPhone at least, it, it, it transcribes the voicemail messages just like getting a text. It's fantastic. And part of that automation now is you create a ticket. So, and it's just all, also part of customer management. Now a ticket's created, somebody's called, they need me to call them back. Yeah. So it's yeah. just kind of extended out into way more control on these other free, by the way, platforms. Right. That, I think that's just a great thing to always keep in the back of your mind as you're putting systems together for your business. How can I automate this? How can I connect everything? And Zapier is a great way to kind of find those ideas for different connections because they, you know, they give you example connections yeah. of, hey, here's some apps that we have and here's how other people have connected them. And then you can take those examples and then kind of make your own customized connections. And it's just, it's a lot of fun experimenting with mm -hmm. it and, and trying to figure it out. And so uh, I really use a lot of it for social. I use a lot of it for social media a lot. And then a lot for customer relations and sales. Uh, you know, anytime somebody comes through, fills out a form, it automatically gets sent to my Evernote, it automatically gets sent to Zoho, and it get, and, and a calendar item is created so I don't forget the next day to call this new person. Nice. So it's just a series of different automation tools. So it's really great. Really great. 
Cool. Um, so we're talking about, you know, automating the blog posts to social media. Is there anything else we can automate in social media, like just the, the day-to-day, you know, posting, uh, hey, here's a special we have, or hey, you know, here's some thoughts or little quips or little, you know, whatever on social yeah, media? Yeah, there's different ways. For sure. In, Z- in Zapier, there's different ways that you can um, have uh, uh, spreadsheets provided where you can use different lines and use those spreadsheets to head them out. So if you need, you know, maybe you can one weekend list out 20 different resources that your customers would find interesting news items. You can use that, pull that out and have daily posts, maybe on Facebook, Twitter, um, for sure. Then rather than just having to create blog posts, just have resource links so that it's not always about you. (laughs) And that's one way. Another is the opposite, the opposite way. So if there's one Facebook page or maybe a Twitter feed or somebody, you can pull from that into your own spreadsheet for later resource or reading material or blog post ideas. So, you know, it can go the other direction as well. Those are really great tools when you're, you just, you know, you don't want to spend an hour on Facebook trying to find that one link because we all know how Facebook is really hard. if You don't save the, or save the posts to go back and find something. So uh, if you have one favorite, favorite, you know, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. And, (laughs) <laughs> yes. And, and, and I think that's a great, that's a great idea. And, and there's lots of stuff you can do with Zapier where like you can, as you're reading articles and stuff, you can save them to Pocket or Evernote into a specific category. But then you tell Zapier, mm-hmm. hey, all of the articles in this category, you know, go through, you know, once a week or something and tweet those out because, you know, tweet those links out or whatever as, mm-hmm. as resources that I'm sharing. Um, and that's a really easy way to kind of automate that. So you don't have to remember, oh, hey, I need to share this article with my you know, followers at some point. You just you save it to your pocket, give it a tag, and it automatically happens for you. A lot of cool stuff you can do with that. Mm-hmm. I would still kind of cull through it, though. It's something I would probably kind of make sure because that, that gets kind of you know, not perfect, I should say, what right. gets pulled in. And then and um, so it's also have- missing the, the customization piece where you like put your own message. To yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, especially for your specific audience. And again, right back to where did you get it and where is it going to be sent to? Is it Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram? You know, so um, just have to be careful who the audience is and the format. Um, one other tip that I have for folks is to make sure that you have the various image sizes, sizes for whatever post you're going to do. So uh, I use Canva a lot because they just make it very, very easy to kind of keep it all in one place. I yes. haven't, you know, I haven't checked. That's something to look for. Does Canva have a connection to Zapier? I would love uh. to see that so that if I create a series of blog posts, a series of images, can I pull one out each one and have them post? I haven't checked. That's something I might, might see. I just did a quick search. I, I do not see it, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. They'll get an email from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you thought about this? But yes, yeah, so have you know have a, a Canva account where you've got different sizes, and then just duplicate. So because you you know you want to make sure that when you're doing this automation that you pick the right image size for that specific platform. And I find uh, that's the most time consuming part. Right. Uh, but that's that's a great thing for to have a VA or an assistant or you know a graphic mm-hmm. designer on your team. Um, mm-hmm. part-time, whatever, you know, you find on Upwork or something that you can just say, Hey, um, I wrote this blog post. Can you create me, you know, five images of these different sizes for these different places, uh, these mm-hmm. different social media accounts. And then, you know, that becomes a habit that you just do every time you write a blog post and those images are created. And so not too bad. 
And one other tip too is, and when you are setting up either one of these, the Zapier or the TFTT, what is the TTFT? If, if then, then that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's another one. The, 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 um, that you, when you're starting this up, when you're creating all these different connections, my tip is to make sure all those pieces are open. You've logged them. You're logged in. So if you're going to connect with Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all of them, just open up all the tabs, log in, make sure your WordPress is open, that you've got the right, you're going to need a Zapier um, uh, uh, plugin. And just make sure you've got this all ready to go. It'll make, it'll be less stressful as you're trying to connect, log, because it's going to want to agree to your connections to all these, all of these cloud-based services. So when you're setting it up, um, just make sure it's all open, you're logged in. And then you can kind of go from there and have fun. I'm just uh, curious on your thoughts of what makes a good image for social media. What what content to put in there? What uh, you know, a photo versus some kind of graphic? Uh, have you found that anything works better than something else? People, yeah, people, faces. Yeah, I and mean, we talked earlier about uh, not having family babies. <laughs> um, because that's, you know, or dogs and puppies, right? Even though the eyeballs, even so, and let's just be real, right? I mean, I, we all love puppies and, and kittens, and we just gravitate toward it for some reason. So, you know, not yeah. discounting that. But the other tool is when you're doing Facebook or any of the other ones, use a contrasting color from the Facebook blue. Mm. So always make sure that whatever image you use, it just has a, that pop color that is separate from the brand platform that you're on. Uh, so that's one. The other is definitely people, eyeballs looking at you right in the eye, if you can. Mm-hmm. Those tend to have better conversions. Uh, if you can do, uh, it's hard nowadays. I used to put text, but I never know what Facebook and either one of them are going to tell me if it's too much text. So I've stopped putting text on images. Uh, I just, yeah. you know, I might put one or two things on there, but that's it. Because uh, they always come back and they tell me, oh, you got too much text, 20% more. So I've just stopped and I just get a very interesting image. Um, some of the non-stock images that are out there, that we're, we're getting used to them now. I, mm. I don't know if you, I'm starting to see the exact same unstock <laughs> photo over and over yeah. and over again. So be unique. One tip that I found is on, on these uh, stock images is to go to the very last page. If you've got 30 pages, go to, go to page 30 and find an image that no one uses and be different. Um, don't I, use the first one. I've seen um, some, some ads and stuff on social media, especially it's the, the person who owns the business is in the image. So that's something you can mm-hmm. do if you, know, you are the face of your business and you're used to being out there and, and people know who you are. You could be the picture with you know, a, a thought bubble of what the article is about or you know, some other graphic next to you that, that talks about what the actual article is about, but including your face might be a good way to grab people's attention as well. Oh, yeah, for and sure. Being, and being personal, yeah. like you all mentioned, it's, it's helps the trust factor as well. So like everyone mm-hmm. was mentioned here where like, I've noticed a big drastic change when, from when I added my team on my about us page, then from before, um, there was a picture of just me, um, but then there was a time where I didn't have any images whatsoever, and I updated it with the image of the office, of the front desk, image of the building, image of actually us. So when they actually looked at it, they were like, hey, this is an actual real business. They're not using clip art for the majority of their site. So I've noticed that that's really helped out as well, and especially when it comes to social media, putting all those images. Once you start introducing the personable um, asset into your brand and making the logo 
humanized in a sense, um, you gain a lot more traction. And I just, I mean, I just left a meeting. My typical market market is oil and gas engineers, um, architects, those types of guys. And mm-hmm. they really shy away from that. They, they do not want their faces on there. If, if it is, it's the top tier executives and they're in their suits, right? And yeah. so I try and tell them, be you, be you. You know, is, this isn't what you would show up on the field at the pipeline and the engineering. This isn't you. Be you. Be the person that you are when I come to a meeting with you. You're, you're probably in your pants and you're open collared and, you know, your, your shoes. Be that person and not be trying to be somebody else that we all know you're not. And then having the team, like, you, like, you know, Paco was saying, the team, everybody, because I'm typically not working with the president. I'm working with a second tier individuals, project managers and engineers and architects, those guys. And I want to know. So that it's, and if you can differentiate yourself in that regard, you've you've established that and that's where it falls back into the social media side too they really don't you know a lot of, a lot of these medium tier companies don't want to work in that way and i think that falls along with with what your market with the computer industry um they just feel that no one wants to see me I'm like yeah actually they do because yep. you're the guy that's coming to my house yep you know and I kind of want to know what you look like so I can let you in my door. <laughs> <laughs> or if they've and met you before, you know, especially if you're sharing like blog posts and stuff just to your existing client base. Yeah. They want to say, hey, you know, there's, you know, the computer guy that I know. Let's, let's see what he has to say today. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so the thing with the social media side is trying to get past this corporate, you know, and get down to this, this person, this person you know, it's even when you're talking B2B, there's still somebody, there's still somebody is making a decision. Yep. And so when you're, when you're putting your blogs and you're putting them on social media, like you're going back with the automation, putting those right photos on there with the human and the president or the whoever it is now, having that person in that picture on that blog post in Facebook makes a huge difference. And again, it goes back to the fact that who's really buying? It's not, it's not company incorporated. There's a purchasing agent. Right. Or there's the VP of sales or there's the, you know, and it's a human being and they're on Facebook and Twitter and all these other LinkedIn. So social media is important, even though it's not a one-to-one ratio of sales, you're not going to see, you know, 200 bands equals 20% increase in my gross profit. No, but it can make an impact. You know, social is the key word, okay. right? We're, we're people mm-hmm. and uh, we, we want to see people. Brian uh, in the chat uh, in Facebook says, I recommend horribly garish color schemes for Facebook marketing <laughs> images. It's very much on trend this year in graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed that, you know, um, and uh, the, the tests I've run, it hasn't actually converted better, but I've noticed a lot more people using like very con- like contrasting colors or colors that don't fit well together just to capture people's attention mm-hmm, and, and stand mm-hmm. out from the, from the Facebook feed from other things. So that's just be sure you, you test that though. It, you might get eyeballs, but you may not get actual conversions. Um, that's the only thing is to kind of watch that just a little bit. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Just that, just test it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good, good, uh, good thing. Just in general is everything we're telling you on the show you know, test it. <laughs> Don't take our word for it. Give it a shot. Mm-hmm. See if it works mm-hmm. and then uh, roll with it. Awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. A lot of great, uh, I think, ideas on how we can start to automate our social media and, and look for ways to, you know, get it so that it's working for us and not 
working against us by taking all of our time and, and causing us, you know, a bunch of headaches and, and all that stuff. So thanks, uh, Christina, for being there here. If people want to reach out to you, uh, how can, how's the best way that they can uh, reach you? My website is global specs and it's like the world global and S is in Sam, P is in Paul, E echo, X, X, com. Awesome. So uh, check out her services there and uh, we hope to have you back again because we, we kind of touched on a lot of topics in this episode and there's a lot of stuff that we can dig into deeper. Um, so <laughs> we'll, keep you, we'll keep you in the Rolodex. <laughs> How about that? Alrighty. Sounds All right. good. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Alrighty. So let's, uh, uh, before we jump into the, um, uh, let's see, the marketing tip of the week, I just want to give a shout out to our second sponsor and that is the Unconvention. The Unconvention is the IT convention for you this year. It's happening in DC uh, and it's happening uh, this, uh, I got to actually pull up the website because I don't have all the information. So um, it's happening in September and I want to bring up because if I try to guess off the top of my head, it's September 16th and 17th. So head on over to unconvention.io. We've actually changed up the website a little bit. We've added some more testimonials and some uh, you know, folks who went last year and their ideas of what they brought away from it. Uh, we're really trying to uh, get folks who came last year to tell their story about why they're coming back again this year. And really the reason is that they, they found one gold nugget that they learned from the unconvention last year that helped them transform their business for the better. And that's why they're coming back again this year. So we've got some, some quotes from folks who, who went last year. We've got some videos up there. So you can hear from people who uh, had, uh, you know, seen changes in their business from visiting the unconvention. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff planned for you. We actually now have officially have announced um, our expert presentation. So uh, we have a Brian Best of Best Max. He's got an awesome story. So this is a guy who started out as a break-fix tech, um, break-fix break fix consultant. Then he moved, uh, then he grew into a retail shop where he was mostly selling computer parts and computers. Then he grew that into an MSP where he was selling, you know, recurring services to mostly businesses um, and mostly dealing, dealing with Macs. Then he developed a product um, to help manage remotely uh, Macs. And he ended up selling that to, uh, to a big, uh, well-known company. Um, and so he, he, he's got a great story of the lessons he learned each step of the way and how he grew his business, how a lot of us are hoping to grow our own businesses from break fix to retail to MSP to, um, to creating a product and then to selling it. Uh, so all of basically all of the different phases of a business life cycle he's been through. And so he's going to come to the unconvention and, and talk to us about the lessons he learned, what we can do to uh, take our businesses to the next level. And then he's going to be hanging out the, the entire weekend so you can chat with him and pick his brain. Um, and that's just uh, one of the many things you'll get by attending the unconvention. Head yeah, on he's, over a good, to- he's a good guy. I actually, he actually saved my bacon about a month ago or so with a Mac issue uh, that I got connected with him with uh, Dave Greenbaum. Nice. Yep. So definitely a very helpful guy. Uh, very nice. Um, you know, he, he's definitely not some, one of these gurus that's going to stand there and like tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Right. He's, he's very humble. Um, so that's just one of the things that's going to be on the schedule. Go to unconvention.io slash schedule. Check out all the other stuff we have going on and then uh, get your tickets because we're capping at a hundred. So we want to keep it intimate. Uh, there's not many tics, tickets left. So get in there, get your ticket while they're still available. And then we'll see you in Washington, DC for the unconvention. 
All right, guys, let's jump into the tip of the week. Paco, you have a tip for everyone. What is it? Yes, it is to research before committing to a marketing service or product. There is a kind of, kind of keeping off of our, our uh, Facebook group message. Um, I know a lot of us, and I'm, I was guilty and kind of still am guilty of this, uh, where I kind of look at the nice, shiny thing and think this is the end-all, be-all on my marketing woes, and this is really going to help me out. And either two things happen. Either I do a little bit more research, find out it's not really what I wanted it to be. Um, or two, I committed and then it's a big frustration headache that I have to try and get out of it. Um, this is from anywhere from services that are advertised by big players, like we mentioned with Yelp, um, Dex Media for Yellow Pages, things that you're trying to test out and, and see what's going on. Um, but I think the biggest piece is doing the research. And by research, I mean really looking at what other people are saying about these products. Are they really doing well for them? Are they converting? Are they bringing essentially what everyone wants is more money back into the business? <laughs> um, and I, I take that from Victor Antonio, so he's going to he'll probably be seeing this. But anyway, the point is, is that you really want to do the big research and especially go with your communities. I think that's a big piece where we have such a great atmosphere. We have such great individuals that are involved in all our communities. And as you just mentioned, we're all assembling into the unconvention as well. So this is a big piece where researching, although it's, yes, it takes a long time. Yes, it kind of lessens the excitement that you might have on that product or service. But I can guarantee you that if you do the research and you find out that maybe this is a good fit for you, it'll work out for you. Um, perfect example is there's a, uh, a product at the time where it was called Designer, D-E-S-I-I-G-N-E-R. And what it does is it grabs your blog post and converts it into an ebook. And it was uh, very cheap at the time because they were doing a pre-launch. Well, there wasn't much research on it, but there was a trial in it. So I was able to go in, test it out, see what it was all about. And it worked out exactly how they said. So I purchased it. Um, so it's one of those where you want to do the due diligence as you're going about this and just understand that although as they're talking to you, they talk a good game, they may have the stats that prove it, but you want to get to the point where people who are on your level can attest to this is going to be great and beneficial to your business. Yeah, I run into that a lot with, with stuff because it looks good and it might work for certain people, but that that's the key, right? Get it, asking people who are using it who are on your same level who do the same type of work as you uh, to see, you know, is it working for them? And sometimes, you know, you'll hear, oh, it's, it's too, and this especially is true of like RMMs and, and that kind of thing right. for computer businesses, you know, oh, that one's too complicated or it does too much. And then on the other end, oh, it doesn't do enough or it's too simple. Um, right. There's so many options. And, and so it's really a great idea to, to do that research and then come back to the community and ask them. Yep. Can I just interject? Just So um, one area that I found out is I was trying to find ratings and review systems for clients. Mm. You know, the automated system where we ask for, you know, one to 10 stars and then it sends you to Google for a review. Yeah. So um, what I noticed is doing that research, trying to pick that tool. Um, I picked the one be that I interviewed both. They showed me demos, but the one that talked about the results, right? What, what the final result was going to be for my customers, the, uh, the results of how it's going to work for them and the reasons why. That guy I chose over the other one because he kept talking about the technology. Mm. You know, he kept showing the dashboard. He kept showing, yeah. you know, this. And I'm like, I really don't care about the dashboard. Is it going to get 
my end result, the output that I need. That's what I care about. And it, and it's simpler. It was a simpler system. He was all about all these ways that, you know, in, you know, he's 45 minutes. He's showing me this thing. And the other one just had a presentation and he just really talked about the end result. And that's nice. kind of when I'm doing research, it's that great. I'm great. You guys spent a lot of time making it look good, but what's it going to oh. do for me? I was in I was in a, in a demo like that the other day of a, a marketing automation software, and it, it was a, you know a sales demo, and the person had this script that they were following, and ninety nine percent of that stuff I didn't mm-hmm. care about. There was just one specific thing that I wanted to know how it how it worked and if I could use it, and so I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm interested in this one thing. How does it work, and how can I use it? And and she's like. I'll get to that at the end, but I need, I want to explain to you everything else. And so I had to sit through this, this presentation of all this stuff I didn't need. And at the end, I didn't even care about the question I had anymore. I just wanted to get you out of there. And they lost the sale, right? Yes. I yeah. Did, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a big one that they let. And then that's a whole nother topic. Hey, actually <laughs> that gives me an idea for who to have next show. But anyway, um, I'll see if I can pull uh, my good friend in, in the next episode or two to talk about that exact reason for cool. on marketing. So cool. But yeah, that it, it, you know, when you ignore the customer, like you say, um, and you don't answer the objections, you, it just doesn't work out right. And for us or just us looking for products versus us selling services. So those both ways. Yep. Good stuff. So, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the computer business marketing show. Let's keep the conversation going though. So head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and let us know what you think in the comments section below the show notes. Also, don't forget you can send questions or feedback to mail at techsitebuilder.com or just visit computerbusinessmarketing.com or the Facebook page or anywhere else you find us. Ask your questions. We love answering your questions live on the air. Yep. And if you guys listen to the show on or podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or even on YouTube, feel free to leave us a shout out or a review. It'll really help us out because one, we'd love to hear your feedback. And also it helps us get discovered by others that need to help like everyone else here. And as I mentioned before, as we expand this community, we're all about helping others. So you doing that for us helps us help you guys. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors Unconvention and the Tech Site Builder. Thank you for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Your success.